Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, man of action. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commando. Welcome back to Pop Chuck Culture. Oops, I'm gonna say that again. No, don't just keep that one. Just keep that in. Pop culture failure. We're going to think for pop culture. Let me talk about it. I'm going to do the rest of this in a tone of shame. The whole, the whole rest of the thing. I'm going to talk over it so you Good. keep it all in. Good. Welcome back to Pop Culture Failure, where we watch a thing for pop culture, and then we talk about it. I'm Sky. I'm Jake. And I got new soundproofing thingies for the microphones, so hopefully we'll sound good better this time. Or worse. Because my, my voice in the last one got real absorbed when I noise-canceled my AC. So my voice is that of an air conditioner. I told you from day one that you drone on like an air conditioner. <laughs> That's no one wants to hear it. why I don't talk a lot. That's why you don't talk to me anymore outside of the podcast. I only text. Uh, and we're watching... It was real tough when we were in high school before texting was invented. <laughs> yeah, we had to look at each other and say things. We learned sign language solely so I didn't have to listen to Skype talk. Not ASL. No, our we own We made our own. Language. It was a lot of middle fingers. I, that was exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> watching episode 5 of Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. There really should be an and. Uh, yeah, but there's not. Whatever. It's, there's only five and we're done with it after this, so I'll never have to think about it again. Except we'll think about it all the time. That's true. Only Super Ninja, though. The rest of this is going to drain straight out of my brain. Yeah, Super Ninja lives in my wet dreams. <laughs> uh, this episode is entitled... Island, Island of the Living Dead. That's it. I couldn't remember if they included Voodoo Island in there or not. No. That's just in the episode. My initial fear of it being super racist... Turned out to be unfounded. It is kind of racist. It's casually racist. Right. It's not like maliciously. It's more like, hey, this is a thing, right? Yeah. It's it's as racist as the princess and the frog. Yeah, but I bet no black people were involved. In the oh, this. just the man doing the voice, maybe. Maybe. Uh, of uh, the guy who does not get a name. The shaman. The yeah. The shaman. Which isn't great, but sure. So uh, we open up and we got Flesh and Blood Chuck doing... I, I'm not sure what to call this thing. Slidey exercise thing. Arm curls with the slide board. I have a very important question about Chuck Norris. Guys. Yes. Whose mustache do you think is wider? Chuck Norris's or Steve Harvey's? Harvey's. Yeah? Yeah. Chuck Norris has a very wide mustache. He does, but uh, Steve Harvey has a wider face. Now, when you say wide, do you mean like east to west or north to south? Because I, I thought the whole time while we were watching the, the thing... Is wide the up and down? I would say wide usually means across. It does, but it doesn't. But I feel like up and down. I would say long. Yeah, but long doesn't seem tall. To, doesn't seem to fit uh, for a mustache. Like my mustache is is long. And that would imply that it's like lengthy. Yeah, like you could curl it with beeswax. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Like he's got hair follicles from his lip to his nose, and that's like a mile <laughs> wide. That. Anyway, from the nose to the to the lips. Nose to the toes. Nose nose to the lips. Who's who's who has more mustache? Uh, Steve Harvey or Chuck Norris? I feel like Steve Harvey. It could just be because he has darker hair and it looks well, it's more full. His mustache looks like it's made of plastic. That's also could just be the nineteen eighties photo photography no, this not, was taken with. Not Chuck Norris. Uh, oh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey looks like he has a big plastic mustache on at all times. <laughs> It looks fake, yeah. Yeah. Well, he took all the hair from his head and put it into his mustache. It's one hell of a mustache. That's how you know he's a man. 
I was just thinking about mustaches. Yeah. Wanted you to know. You're always thinking about mustaches. Usually. I have no idea where we were in this discussion, but we didn't Chuck, get anywhere. I stopped us before anything happened. So Chuck's working out. He's not wearing his karate gi, and he's not wearing the no shirt like he was before. Instead, he's got short shorts and a crop top. Like literally, the shortest a short could be without your nuts hanging out. <laughs> I think we're right on the verge. I can't. There's probably outtakes from this where his nuts are out. Right? He's probably got a jog strap on. You think so? Yeah. Seems like something he'd do. He's got a good uh, cage you know, for his balls. Well, yeah. I was gonna say ball cage. I was gonna his say underwear is normally uh, referred to as calf, calf height, uh, white sock too. That's, oh, <laughs> it's mid calf. Yeah, well, it goes to his calf. It's calf high. Yeah, mid calf. It is not mid calf. Mid calf is right here. Yeah, halfway through the calf. That's at the yeah. bottom of his calf. In the middle of it. No, that's not. That's uh, look at his reflection in the middle. Absolutely, it's, a, it's in the middle of his shin. No, that's yeah. It's the, his calf is way at the, up, up above that. That's not mid-calf. Okay, so you're, cause this portion, the upper that's portion, is the only yeah. calf? Okay. Because that's, if you got shot right here, you wouldn't say you got shot. You got back shot in the back of the ankle. We've been watching a lot of ER. So. <laughs> Did you ever see, have you seen the episode? I don't know what season it's in, but there's an episode, or a, a series of episodes, where there's a guy who rapes old women and then writes whore on them. Uh, no, I okay. don't think I've seen that yet. Yeah, I don't, I must be earlier seasons then. I'll ask Katie, she'll yeah. know. If I recall correctly, they eventually, well, that guy comes in and they identify him as such, and the ER team isn't as quick to work on him. I feel like that's the moral quandary of the episode, really. They, uh, Does he deserve care? They get into that quandary a lot. They, yeah. they, they, their emotions get the best of them. If I remember correctly... Uh, he was losing blood because a policeman shot him like he deserved because uh, he was a, an old lady rapist. And uh, they were like, they needed blood, but they're like, we're not going to waste more blood on him. So they had a machine where they took the blood that he bled on the floor and re-put it in. If I'm remembering right, it I, could, I could be wrong. I don't know. When, the, when there was a, a shooting and the, the gunman got apprehended and brought in, they were like, one of the doctors was like, well, we have to save him. And they're like, he just killed all these kids. And they're like, well, we're doctors, damn it. Yeah, should be in the ER if you don't want to save people. That's the whole thing. I guess so. But anyway, uh, Chuck's there rocking the 1980s look, and he is uh, perched with one leg up, and he's leaning on it. And he's the exact amount of sweaty he should be. <laughs> for working out. Uh, for faking it, because there's no sweat in his like brow or anything. No, but under his arms and down his chest. And he asks us if we've ever made a mistake. Because he hasn't. <laughs> well, he's heard about it. Of course, you have. Mistakes are fine, but if you own up to it, it's good. So don't make it again. Chuck, your biggest mistake was only making five episodes of this show. That's true. Or And also not finishing Super Ninja. Coward. <laughs> um, but that's not going to be the theme of this episode. I don't know what the fuck happens in this episode, really. Uh, we'll find out together. I, I, the theme of the episode is don't let a the military satellite fall into the wrong hands. Don't make the mistake of letting <laughs> the military satellite fall into the wrong hands. What don't you get? I don't think anybody made a mistake that led to that, though. So, um, we open up and we're on a ship. I'm not sure why Chuck's there. Because he's Chuck Norris. Okay. You're gonna just lean on all those buttons. <laughs> That's how you operate a computer, Jake. It's 1980s technology. We've come a long way. The whole crew is there, and they're just with some guy. 
talking about uh, missile launchers and how the satellite is the only is, controls all of them or something. Yes. And then Tave pulls a sandwich out of hammer space and just lunches down on it. You should not eat a sandwich around all of these sensitive computers in the 1980s. Certainly not. One crumb will bring the fucking military-industrial complex crumbling <laughs> down around you. You know, you know how when you fix a computer, you can debug a computer? It's, it comes from the phrase, or the phrase comes from an event where a moth climbed into a computer and fucked everybody's shit up. Is that true? Yes. I did not know that. So, like, uh, when, yeah, they debugged the computer. If anything gets in there, everything's bad. Imagine if the moth had eaten a sandwich in there. Right? So many crumbs. Though that implies that Tabe wouldn't be able to get the entirety of a sandwich inside of him. Yeah, I guess that's true. Moths are made of dust. That's true. They are dusty creatures. You get dust and sandwich crumbs. But Reed yells about how a satellite's very valuable because it can control so many things. And Too Much says, too much! And then I hate him. I don't actually think he said that this episode. Uh, He probably does. I just also yelled i mean other people said it because it's his name apparently yeah and his name shouldn't be a phrase (laughs) it's like naming your character lunchtime terrible is this the thing that happened in your episode about no i'm just saying like if you name a character a phrase then it's it's hard for the watchers to understand when you're talking to him or whatever Mm, i don't think it's that hard (laughs) you're too much so we cut to an island that has a, a satellite dish sticking out of a, of a volcano. This is Claw's volcano base? Yes. Excuse me, uh, Vulture's volcano base? And Claw's there telling Super Ninja to take over a satellite, and then he feeds, I don't know, some orange goo to some piranhas? He brings his piranhas with him everywhere. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> it's emotional support animals. Yeah, his emotional support piranhas. That's right. That's how he lost his hand originally. Two piranhas? <laughs> He's trying to pet them. Oh, Gets a, I thought know. he needed the emotional support piranhas because he lost his hand in piranhas. That wouldn't track. I mean, yes, he picked an emotional support animal. It was a piranha. He tried to pet it for emotional support. It ate his hand off all the way up to his shoulder. And then he got a claw, and now he has more emotional but support But I thought piranhas. originally he would have gotten an emotional support animal because he was missing his arm. Because he needed that support. Because he didn't have an arm. No, I don't think so. But it was just because of his crippling anxiety. Right. And after he lost his arm, that's where all the anxiety lives. Uh, ask any doctor. He was able to become confident. And he got a robot claw arm that has spikes for murdering. So now he's, you know, a much healthier mentally person. Still needs the emotional support for honest because he still has another arm. And where anxieties live. He needs a satellite. That's right. And Super Ninja's going to get it. Super Ninja's going to get in the best possible way. They paratroop down in bright orange uh, jet gliders. They look like an accessory to the Batman the Animated Series action figure. Yes. We discussed that before when they used them in like the second episode. They Did they use these exact ones? I thought they were different. They might have been a different hot... I kept calling them hot orange. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Uh, There's five whole episodes of this. I can't remember. <laughs> These things have guns on them as well as wheels. You stand up to clip into the the glider, but then you land face down, which is probably fucking terrifying. You land face down and there's no front wheel. (laughs) So your face is the front wheel. That's right. And very effective at stopping it. But the ninjas start attacking. They're using the guns on the thing and uh, the karate commandos obviously spring into action. Chuck runs out. They just saw that somebody was attacking on radar. They didn't know it was ninjas specifically. Yeah, 
Uh, they thought it could be anyone else. Why would you? It's the Russians. Nope, it's Claw. Yeah, of course it's Claw. Why? Who would? Who else would it be? We've never seen you tangle with anyone else. So the ninjas flying around in these things have disc-shaped grenades. Yes, which are pretty rad, and a pretty good delivery system for a grenade. Really, I could. I can whip a frisbee pretty far. Yeah, they actually should use more of them. They would make this like just fly around the sides of the boat, whipping those at this yeah fucking hole. They need the ship to make the satellite fall, is that right? Yes. Okay, I think that's what happens. Let's find out. We will. <laughs> Foolishly, the, the ninjas give up their advantage of flight uh, to engage the karate commandos on the ship, which is a real bad idea. Most of them get thrown off pretty quickly. Tabe, like, body checks a couple. Kimo defies gravity and shoves them off with his feet. Reed stands motionless. Gravity's very, uh... Fluid in this yeah, it don't, universe. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Some ninjas are up on the uh, top deck trying to steal a satellite dish, and Chuck kicks them off. But then Super Ninja flies by and hucks a, a disc grenade, and assumes that he killed Chuck Norris in an explosion. He's so happy for about ten seconds. Yeah, he felt great for exactly one second, and then Chuck shows up and does a kick. To Wh- him. Whips his ass onto the floor. <laughs> A couple of I would love to purchase the cells where uh, Super Ninja looks so defeated on his, sitting on his ass with his arms just on either side of him. Do you think any animation cells still exist from this? Absolutely not. <laughs> You'll probably put in an incinerator moments after the completion. Yeah, Chuck comes over and he kicks the, the five-pointed sword out of nin, Super Ninja's hands. And then instead of picking up the sword, Super Ninja grabs a tarp and tosses it over Chuck's head. It's funny if you think of it as a blanket. Just the ground I mean, blanket on the ship. They're the same thing. Hey, yeah, but uh, Blanket's funnier when it's on a ship. Blanket's a funnier on word, for sure. We see Tabe punch a ninja in the stomach as he flies by, which is pretty good. Yeah. We don't see the ninja react at all, so I don't know how effective it was. Well, he's a very disciplined ninja. <laughs> Clearly. So a lot of the ninjas end up in the water, but uh, they are eventually able to kamikaze into the satellite tracking dish, which does something, I guess. I think it knocks the satellite into the swamp? I don't think so. Because, I don't know. But they blow up the dish and everybody retreats. Yeah. Luckily, those backpack glidey things are, like, loyal and they pick up all the ninjas in the water so they don't drown. I was 100% sure they're going to not address how the ninjas got out of the water. But one guy is on the deck and Chuck picks him up. He's like, I'm going to torture the shit out yeah. of this guy. <laughs> Fuck this guy shit up. For information, not just for fun. I mean, probably some for fun, but... Yeah, you gotta have a little fun in these. Uh, so we cut into space, and there's a very cylindrical uh, satellite just hanging out there with jets shooting for some reason. Um, That's how satellites stay in orbit, right? It's jets. Nope. That's not nope. how that works at all. What did you just see, Sky? I, I saw it... <laughs> I like the rest of America. I trust Chuck Norris more than I trust you. You got me there. So we cut back to the island where the satellite dish is in the volcano, and we see Ninja Leader, who has a new gauntlet that's full of spikes. No shirt still. It's his computing gauntlet. <laughs> it's the only thing he does in this new computing. Yeah. And Claude demands that he bring the satellite down to him. So uh, Ninja Leader is able to hack into the satellite and cause it to like fall out of orbit and into a very specific swamp uh you know on the uh, voodoo island is it did they pull it in with a tractor beam no 
they just uh, decayed the satellite's orbit until it fell into Earth and were able to make it land on one specific island. You got a lot out of what just happened on the TV sky. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think what has, what the plot is. What the ship that the they blew up the satellite dish was the one that was controlling that satellite's orbit. So they had a different computer on this com- on this island, where Ninja Leader was able to hack into using that satellite dish in the volcano to make the satellite fall from the sky. I guess none of that matters, because that's the last we really even see of the satellite. We, I mean, we walk times. past it once. It's yeah. just, it's more of a MacGuffin than a factor now. Yeah. So, uh, Super Ninja and Ninja Leader. I really like that Super Ninja has little bangs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. They're just chilling, and Ninja Leader is now in charge of making sure that Chuck Norris does not recover the satellite. Meanwhile, at a port somewhere, there's a new guy hanging out with the Karate Commandos. His name's Tank. You know he's a part of the Karate Commandos because he's wearing no shirt, but he does have the CN crest on him. Chuck puts Pepper in charge of getting their equipment to the departation point. Yeah. Which is a word I have never heard before. (laughs) either. But I guess it means where they're leaving from. Where they're departing from, I yeah. guess. It makes sense. It does. Like, I can context clues it together, but it's un- not a word I, 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 that was in my lexicon. If this was not made in 1983 or whatever, I would 100% guess that this guy was voiced by The Rock. because Certainly modeled after He him. has The Rock's head. Yes, yeah. yes he does. So there's a guy. Uh, his name's Tank. Apparently he's a karate commando that we didn't know about until now. I mean, and that we barely know about it in this. That's fair. They're friends, I guess? So he and Chuck are... He, I would say Chuck acts friendlier to him than he has to anyone else on his team. Yes. For sure. He and Chuck have uh, been through some stuff together. Sex stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, uh, they pile into the Trans Am. Chuck in uh, the tank. tank, thank you. It's a two-seater... So Tank's barbell has to go on the back, you know, yes. where the catapult is. Yeah. It looks like a weapon, for sure, because it's got all these points on it. It's crazy. But apparently Chuck is driving him to uh, Tank's gym, where they're going to put the barbell. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a good use of credit commando <laughs> resources. Yep. A couple things I noticed about uh, the car. There's no speedometer. There's just, like, a radio thingy. So Chuck goes as fast as he wants. Because there's no stopping him. He's Chuck Norris. That's right. The director of whatever, the Karate Commandos, hard to say, comes over the radio and tells Chuck to, like, go chase after the satellite. And definitely not The Rock is like, was that the director? He seems like starstruck. Yeah, he knows who the director is. And we don't. We only ever saw him in a wide shot. I would think that it'd be more impressive to know the president like Chuck knows. Yeah. And not just the guy who employs him. But whatever. Ninja Leader pops out in a motorcycle and no shirt. And he chases uh, Chuck and Tank. And Chuck makes a quip about the traffic on the highway being heavy when Ninja Leader shoots four red balls at him like at a catapult. And he misses but does hit a tree that splits right in half. Sure does. Which is amazing from something that was catapulted so casually. <laughs> it seems like it was just a one-shot thing. I don't know what the plan was here. It's hard to say, because at this point I was trying to figure out if Tank was supposed to be someone we should know. <laughs> yeah, he's the rock. 
just like 40 years early. I, I thought maybe like, is this like a karate buddy of Chuck Norris, like an IRL? But I couldn't oh. find any information. Did you watch the cartoon Double Dragon? Uh, not like With regularly. Jimmy and Billy Lee? I feel like it, I've seen some of them. You know how they had dragon deputies, kind of? No. Okay, well they had other guys that they could lend some dragon power to. They got a whole bunch of other guys, and I was beginning to hope that the same deal was with Chuck Norris, where he has just a, a deep bench, a super deep bench that he can pull from. That would be more interesting than constantly seeing Reed do nothing. Yeah, with no expression in his wooden face. His stupid, weird Power Rangers the movie cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Did you see they're doing the lightning I did uh, see figures that. of those? I think it was just Billy and Adam right now. Yeah. But they're still pretty cool. Yeah. I was never a big fan of the Ninjetti outfits, but they're cool, if that's what you're into. And I guess it is. Cool. So Tank's like, hey, that guy almost killed us. And Chuck's like, can I borrow your barbell? Uh, and he deploys the... I thought it was a catapult. He catapulted it, but instead he just puts down the spoiler and it rolls off the back of <laughs> And it hits uh, Ninja Leader so bad that he falls into uh, a nearby river? Uh, or quarry? I don't know. Fucking imagine driving a motorcycle and hitting a barbell. You would be vaporized when you <laughs> hit the ground. Like It was a very novel way for him to flip over the bars, because he should have just eaten shit immediately. Yeah, like, his head should just be a bag full of bone bits. Yes. I mean, he's already wearing that face mask. It should just be filled with jelly at yeah. this point. Yeah, the, I don't know how heavy the barbell was, but it was enough to... Flip that dude over, and then I mean, Tank's pretty. You know, he's Tank. Yeah, I assume it's got to be pretty heavy. I assumed that this was going to be his weapon, like a heavy weapon, but we don't see this dude again. Fucking Chuck drops him off, and that's that. Yeah, I don't even know what country we're in. <laughs> but they don't go back for the barbell either, which seems like a dick move on Chuck's part. But whatever. So we cut to a different ship. Uh, the karate commandos are there. Chuck's got a new outfit. The, possibly the best thing he's worn this whole the whole series. Yep, he's got his headband. It's a white headband now. He's also got a neckerchief. An orange neckerchief. Or maybe just a band? Neckerchiefs are more bandana-y. Yeah. But he's got a, a choker. He's got a choker. Uh, he's got a crop top tank top and a shoulder harness with a knife in it. <laughs> it's so much harness for that little knife. <laughs> he could have just had it on his belt. Well, this is fine, too. He's also got one bicep wrapped up, I believe. One bicep, and the other, his forearm is wrapped up on the other side, and got gloves, and his kick-ass khaki pants. Gonna get business done. So And a big belt buckle. Well, of course. And he steel. You gotta put your logo somewhere. So they're going to Voodoo Island, where the satellite landed. Um, the Navy vessel that they rode in on do isn't going it, with them. Do they call it Voodoo Island? They do. Okay, I, I missed that, because I was looking at Chuck that. Yeah, of course. Where else can you look? And the, the, I don't know, captain of the ship tells them that the satellite makes a sound, so you'll hear it, which isn't helpful on an island presumably filled with, like, fauna that are probably going to be screeching. There's definitely at least bugs living there. Screeching animals yeah. all over the place. And you're like, all right, look on an island. I'm not sure how big it is. But you'll find it eventually. Just listen for the high-pitched tone, I guess. You keep overlooking the fact that this crew has Chuck Norris on it. <laughs> I guess. They also have Pepper, who's like a machine person, who probably could have rigged up a tracking thingy. Yeah, she's too busy. She's, uh, she's got her medicines. <laughs> okay. 
can't She's focus on. She can't do stuff. I guess. It's they don't deliberately sideline her, which is something I appreciate. They don't not though. Yeah, they definitely find a reason for her to not fight a person. But they they're not like you're, you know, as a woman, you're not able to fight. They're just like right. Pepper. You're the technology person. You're smarter than us. Please do the smart thing. They do tend to spend a moment in every episode getting her and too much like out of the way during a fight. Yeah. When if they a weren't there, it wouldn't make a difference. No. And B, I don't remember B. I uh, I believe it's too much can fuck right off. No, that's C. So the the gang goes to uh, Voodoo Island. That's what this should have been called. <laughs> yeah. The gang goes to Voodoo Island. So we cut on to Voodoo Island, and everybody is walking up. It's creepy and purple and hazy. And Chuck what decides... Chuck decides everybody's going to split up. There's going to be two teams, him and Tabe and everyone else on a different team. Now, if you're splitting up, you want to be on Tabe's team, because you know he's got smacks. <laughs> And if he doesn't have snacks, he can follow a stink line to food. Yeah. He's stink. done that at least twice, I think. I thought that they were going to break up into three groups because there's six of them and they could cover more ground that way. But no, two and four. Fuck you. It's probably an equal distribution of weight. <laughs> Chuck has had like 18 outfit changes, but Pepper still has her mom outfit. They're all still wearing the same thing. I guess Tommy had a different... Um loincloth on earlier the one that covered more but now he's back in his regular one this is his adventuring loincloth yeah that way he can get all the ticks yeah he's gotta gotta show as much skin as possible he's gotta he's gotta be able to move in that diaper yeah they break up or they separate i guess they don't break up they're still quite together but we see as chuck and tabby leave we see three dudes hiding behind some shrubs there's three goofballs and they're gray and they are wearing torn clothing uh, and they do like a pink panther. Oh no, that's later. Uh, they're just kind of strolling around now. Yeah. One of them has a real goofy Jerry Lewis grin, and he's and he's got sort of like a lean back, sort of like I don't know how you describe that. It's walk. impossible to do, but he's having a good time. I'm sure of that. He's about to get to eat Chuck Norris. Maybe Kimo is using his katana to cut through the jungle, and all the while there's this super loud moaning, but not like moaning in a sexy way. No moaning. Like, uh, in pain kind of way. Like a zombie kind of way. And it's there from the beginning of the scene, but uh, it takes, I don't know, a solid ten seconds for anybody to notice. And then they see a skull up in a tree, and Too Much asks if that's what's moaning, because he's dumb. And then Kimo stabs him with his knife. This guy you're just describing a fantasy you're in? Yeah. Um, but they don't see the guys in the torn-up suits walking behind them. So they keep going. That's the thing about zombies is like they're not like sneaky, right? Usually. No, typically not. But I don't know what kind of zombies these are because they can use tools. They could walk. I think one's dancing later. Yeah, they can drum. Uh, we'll get to it. But the B team finds the satellite. Meanwhile, the same three are just strolling up behind them. Everybody notices. Oh shit! They look like dead people. Uh, one of them has. I don't know if. You're old enough, but there are cartoons where uh, if you had a toothache, you'd wrap your head with a... Like Goofy does when he's uh, Jacob Marley. That's it. Mickey Christmas. Yeah. And there's a guy with red hair who looks like Chuck Norris, but dead because he has just solid white eyes. 
instead of uh, Chuck Norris's crystal blue. But Kimo decides to put his sword away instead of just cutting these dead folks. He opts to just punch them, and it doesn't work because they're dead. They're very solid. So everybody tries to kick one or whatever, and it doesn't work. Too much is like, I'm going to use a weapon. How about that? But it doesn't function because Pepper pulls him back. Eventually, uh, Kimo gets knocked down, and everybody gets put into a cage. These aren't murder-eaten zombies. They're just uh, following orders zombies, yeah. I guess. Not sounds me. like sounds like those of us that got vaccinated, am I right? Uh, yep. A couple, couple of zombies just following orders, huh? Yep. Am I right, Sky? Yes. Sky, am I right? No. Sky. Yeah. Am I right? No. Before they had separated, they had arranged to meet at a specific point of the island. Obviously, Team B is uh, not there because they got captured by zombies. So Tabe and Chuck go to find him. They come across the footprints that the zombies left. Team B may suck, but they didn't leave footprints. But then they do hear drums. And Tabe says another drum as though they were following one to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I don't know what that's in reference to. I don't either. Uh, but they follow the sound, come to a zombie village where zombies are like chatting and doing pottery and drumming. Dancing. <laughs> and making, making a stew. Making a stew. And preparing voodoo dolls. There's one of Chuck, Pepper, and Reed. Peppers and Reeds never come into play. Don't worry about it. But Chuck's is very detailed. Yeah. Up to and including the outfit he's wearing now that he has not worn up till now. It's odd. And then we meet the bad guy from The Princess and the Frog. Did you look up his name? Because I didn't. Uh, It's Dr. Facilier, I believe. Facilier, that sounds right. Yeah, he's got a top hat with feathers in it, and a bone necklace, and a vest? No, it's a blazer that's torn. Yeah. You don't wear enough blazers without a shirt under them. <laughs> got me there. So, the zombies also carried in the satellite. I'm not sure... Did the zombies know where the satellite was, or were they following the people who were trying to look for the satellite? I don't know that it matters. Okay. But Super Ninja is there, too. He's buddies with uh, Dr. Facilier. And he's like, I'm going to set you on fire, and your screams will bring Chuck Norris to us. Because he went to barbecue Norris. Right. He says as much several times. But the gang isn't helpful, so Dr. Facilier pulls a feather out of his hat and throws it into a fire, and more zombies come out of it? Yes. So these are straight-up dead folks. I guess so. I assumed that they were just mind-controlled people, but no, I think that they're just genuinely dead. Everybody is handling this way too well. If they're not dead, they will be as soon as Chuck gets here. The zombies do move everybody. They're in cages that are held by a spit, and they are put over a fire. Uh, Meanwhile, Super Ninja grabs the Chuck Norris doll and doesn't immediately just rip the head off like I'd assume he would have. I don't know. I want that little Chuck Norris doll. Absolutely. He goes off with some zombies who are carrying the satellite for him. So meanwhile, Chuck and Tommy saw some of this happen. I don't know how much, but... They've bundled together a whole bunch of bamboo. They are going to use that as a distraction, I guess. And Chuck just runs over and two zombies pick him up. And he's like, no, you don't. And then he kicks them both. It's almost like he was waiting for them to pick him up. He just wanted upsies. Yeah. And Tabe sets the bamboo on fire and kicks it out of building. Takes way too long to do it, though. But you gotta let that fire really get burning. Because if you don't, the second you roll it, it's gonna roll itself out. I guess. I assumed that he was... Honestly, didn't know which direction they were going to take this. I thought they were going to burn a bunch of zombies to death. Because that's what you do? Yeah. 
how else would you get rid of them? They're not going to stab them. You might as well just trap them in a burning building. But, like, I guess it hits an open building? And then Tabby runs down and just body checks some zombies back into a hut. And it collapses for some reason. One of them's got an axe. For a second. And Chuck kicks it in half because he's Chuck damn Norris. And then he defies gravity and karate kicks all of the, the cages down, which were 100% above coals just yeah. a second ago. But he knew the angle to kick them so that when they fell, they would land next to the coals. That's not how it... Okay. It's, what did you just see happen? I saw the thing that happened and everybody's fine and not burned to death. And then Tabe just finds everybody's weapons and then they book it out of there, out of Zombie Village. Dr. Facilier sends remaining zombies after them. Uh, the gang has a yelling Sorkin where they yell where the satellite was to each other and then they go to go get it. Meanwhile, Dr. Facilier looks into the eyes of a snake to see where the gang is. I don't know how why that works, but it does. Because voodoo magic. Sure. The gang is curious as to how the zombies keep finding them so quickly also. Uh, they decide shaman magic is how. Yeah. Uh, but they keep changing directions. And eventually, <laughs> Chuck is like, don't worry everyone, I'll save me. And grabs a vine and swings away. Fucking Shia LaBeouf's in Indiana Jones 4 is out of there. Sure does. Thank you for not going the easy route and saying Tarzan. Oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah, they're able to just swing away. They don't need, like, a, a lead-up or a higher place to swing from. They can just do it. And they find a cave and they run in. Zombies hot on their trail. Doing a Pink Panther sneak walk <laughs> run. It gets real Scooby-Doo up <laughs> Sure does. They keep reusing the same running footage, too. Too much trips over a, a rope triggers a booby trap. Why was this cave booby trapped? I don't know. Fuck you. Shut up. Part of it collapses and seals off uh, the zombies from them. But then a big boulder comes down the other end. All Indiana Jones 1. Right. And they come to a ridge that really looks like they could have just walked around, but they jump across it instead. Well, there was a boulder coming. It looks like it hits Pepper, but she's fine. That was just an animation she yells, error. I'm fine, yep. so we know. That wasn't ADR at all. They find a different exit from the. Is it ADR okay. if, it's, if it's in a cartoon? If it wasn't part of the original script, sure. I guess so. But more zombies are there. One of them's wearing a suit. I like the, the I like the suit guy. The only thing wrong with his suit is there's a little tear on the sleeve. Yeah, but they find a rope bridge. Um, we can also see like the end of the of the crypt. They could have run around. They don't need to go straight across. But they do. They're halfway across, and all of a sudden, Chuck kneels down to tie his shoe. It looks like everyone's like, "Hey, you're holding up the line." And he's like, "I have a sharp pain in my foot." He tells them to keep going while he ties his shoe yeah. and fixes his foot pain. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I remembered that there's a voodoo doll in play. Yeah. And we see Dr. Facilier and Super Ninja at the other side of the bridge. Super Ninja has the voodoo doll and he's sticking a pin into the foot. What can happen next? Nothing good, I'll tell you that. I assume that he'd just like stab it in the eyes or something, but nope, just the foot. So it chucks mildly inconvenienced. But he stands there cackling and more zombies come from the other side. Now that you know that stabbing him in the foot makes his foot hurt, you know it works. So yeah, poke his eyes out, rip his rip his head off. Yeah. Break his arms. Yeah, just stab him in the heart. One in the head, one in the heart, you're good. I mean, we also know that voodoo's real in this world, and zombies are real. Like and Chuck Norris is real. <laughs> He's not real. In this world, he is. Yeah, there's just so much to this universe. There could be so many more karate commandos to meet. And I wish that... Tank had done anything other than show up and need a ride. This is the episode where Chuck gives his friend a ride. 
We almost didn't need him in it at all. You mean he could have been replaced by any other character and it would have ended exactly the same? Or they could have just not had that bit in any capacity? Yeah. They probably had to fill a few minutes. We only got 17 minutes of zombie shit. That's right, we're vamping because of the commercials. So we come back. There's zombies on one end and on the other end. And also Super Ninja and Dr. Facilier are in play. So Chuck does the only logical thing and he throws a throwing star at his... At his own voodoo doll, knowing that if he misses, he'll, I don't know, kill himself? I guess. Maybe it only works with that pin? Because when Super Ninja drops it, it straight into the water, and Chuck doesn't drown. So maybe the pins, the magic is in the pin. Or is it in, no, I was going to say, is it who made it? But the, the mummies made it. Yeah. Zombies. Same thing. Yeah, the naked mummies. Yeah. Also, typically speaking... As far as I understand voodoo dolls to work, you need something from the person that you're going to do the voodoo on. Traditionally, yes. Like their hair or blood or nail clippings or whatever. Um, How do I get the hair of Chuck Norris? I need a mustache trimming. That's <laughs> where his power lies. Yeah. Well, that is for sure. Yes. That's why he always has a mustache. He doesn't drown when it hits the water, which is... So I guess the head does a poke up above, but eventually that thing's going to sink. But his pain's gone. Maybe it's because he fell into the nice, cool, refreshing water. He just want to get you in there to cure your crippling foot pain. So everybody, uh, seeing the zombies on either end, just jump off the bridge? I mean... Chuck makes the sound of, whoa, as though it was an accident. He also dresses it up like it's a it's his idea and it's a great one. Yeah, it was kind of the only the option. The only option, yeah. So too much um, is missing for a little bit. I missed the part where he comes out of the water and he's holding the Chuck Norris doll. Oh, well, and then you forgot about it because it doesn't matter in the long run. Yeah. I mean, is there a safe way that to destroy a voodoo doll that doesn't kill the person? That's a really great question. I I don't, don't see how there so. would be because like you that's the safe, whole purpose. You get a safe deposit box and you put it in there and you lock that bitch up. I know. I'll just burn it. That'll do it, right? Yeah. I'm skydiving. What if... Man, I'm going to get a voodoo doll of me. I'm just going to keep it in the fridge. That way I'm always cold, nice and cool in the summer. That's a good idea. It's the best idea I ever had. And then I can just like keep it in the, in the microwave in the, the winter. Irradiate your body. No, microwave my body. You can lay it on the heating vent. That's probably smarter. <laughs> I suppose. Running your microwave constantly. <laughs> Get that magnetron working. The, the cool, the part that makes the microwaves is called a magnetron. No, I think that's a transformer. That's Megatron. Mm, I think that's part of a microwave. <laughs> Stab you. I'll make a voodoo doll of you too. Just have it just constantly wet. Usually a Maggie wet. <laughs> yeah, but now you'll feel more wet. Oh man, I hate being more wet. <laughs> and mildly inconvenienced. Uh, so we got to... Uh, uh, a jet that ninjas are guarding with their stupid guns. Um, Super Ninja's there, and they're going to move the communication satellite somewhere to relaunch it into space, I think? I think so. Uh, meanwhile, the gang is just still in the river, uh, and they notice the satellite because Too Much yells, The Satellite! And then Chuck is like, Yup. And then Too Much says, Too Much! And fuck Too Much. Hate him. For a second, I thought you said, and then I fucked too much. No. They see the ninja compound and the, the big carrier jet. Chuck puts Pepper in charge of 
taking out the turbines or something. No, warming them up. Warming he wants, them up. He oh, wants right. Them to steal it. They're going to steal the plane to get off the island because yeah. they sent the navy away. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody else is going to fight the ninjas or whatever. Uh, so they do that. Everybody comes in calmly except for Chuck, who ninja Every, kicks a guy out. Everybody fights the ninjas or whatever, just like you said. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the rundown of every episode we've yeah. seen. Chuck, Tabe, and Kimo go into a hangar that has three three wheeled ATVs and a bulldozer and three ninjas. They fight the ninjas. Not Rocky, Tum Tum, and the other one. Cold. Cold. Thank you. Took a sec to click with the three ninjas you were referring to. But they were children. With hilarious results. And I feel like I remember both the parents as being white, but the mom had an Asian dad who knew karate stuff. I believe you. I It's been a hot minute since I've seen any of yes. that. Yes. I think there's like three of them. But there's I, several, yeah. I know I've seen the first two. I'm sure I did too, because I remember really liking it when it came out. Of course, there were little kids doing ninja. Yeah, there were three ninjas. Um, in the second episode, or episode, second movie, they go to Japan and they meet a, a, a young woman also training as a ninja who isn't great at English. So instead of saying kick butt, she said kick back. And that movie's entitled Three Ninjas Kick Back. Oh. Because they could get away with saying it because it really meant butt. I get it. I pieced that together after we saw it in the theater when I was... Christ, I have no idea. I was... I, I was firmly grade school times. I'm yes. Sure. It was sometime before fifth grade. Do not recall. And it also doesn't matter. We go back to the jet or the hangar. Kimo Tabe walks over to a three-wheeled thing. He's like, I can't ride a tricycle. I'm too big. Or it's too small. It's too small. Same thing. Chuck's like, I have other plans for you. Making it seem like a threat or maybe a promise. It was a little threatening. He and Kimo mount up. Kimo's on the back wielding his sword like you'll do. Uh, they go riding at a cave there's no way they could have known about. And they chase out some ninjas. You don't know that they, I mean, Chuck knows stuff. I guess. Kimo slices a, over a uh, barrel of oil. Some ninjas slip in it, cartoon style. And then they take that three-wheeled monster up the stairs, and they make more dudes jump out of the way. And then Claw's there. Apparently this is where Claw was. Don't know how Chuck knew that. There's no way he could have, but he does. And to get there, he has to smash through a wall. Yeah, I'll buy him even knowing that this was a Claw hideout. But knowing that Claw himself was there. I won't buy that three-wheeled ATV smashing through a rock wall. That's insane. Uh, Sky, I know I've already said it once, but what did you just say? I saw it happen, but it doesn't make sense. So the ninjas shoot at him, but it doesn't work. And then uh, Claw's like, kill him! But they don't. Instead, Chuck drives the three-wheeler into a bunch of computers and smashes them up. And as the smoke clears, our heroes find themselves surrounded by six armed ninjas. But instead of just executing him right there and then, uh, they wait politely while Tabe drives a bulldozer through a different wall. And then he yells, I hope I'm not late for the party. And instead of shooting them more right now, they wait politely for Chuck and Kimo to stand up and wait longer as everybody takes turns dropping the ninjas. Claw's like, ah, beans. So he runs <laughs> so out of place. <laughs> There's like a, a regular ass door in a cave wall. Yeah. Uh, he throws it open and grabs... Uh, Does he open it with his claw? Uh, I think it was his regular hand. Rats. Though his right arm... It should have been his right arm opening right. it, but I think he did open it with his fake gun, or his regular arm. But he grabs one of those jetpack glider thingies, and we see him run with his head down. 
<laughs> to take off with it. It's silly. I also want one. And they see Claw escape as they bust through yet another wall in the bulldozer. Completely destabilizing this entire mountain. Yup. Also, just drive the bulldozer through the zombies. Yeah. What are they going to do? Die? Die? Exactly. So, Dr. Facilier pops out of nowhere and yells at the zombies to get him. And then Tabe pilots the uh, bulldozer to smash into a hangar, which causes a chain reaction explosion blowing up everything, including the volcanoes. Yes. The very explosive hangar. I don't know how... I think what they're implying is that when they knocked over that barrel of oil, it tracked it everywhere, and that's why it was able to blow up like that. Yes, so. Because there were lots of other oil drums. But that is not something they address, or like... It's not important. Even, yeah, it would not have worked like that. Reed, Too Much, and Pepper were able to get the plane ready, and they successfully steal it, but... Super Ninja is able to get on there. I wish he still had his bat wings, and that's how he caught up, but instead he just runs over and hops in. And he yells in the back, I'm gonna kill you, Norris! Uh, so Chuck tackles him out of the plane through a hat, not the not the hatch that was open, through a different hatch onto yeah. the wing. The hatch that leads directly to the wing. Like That wasn't hatch? locked? I mean, there may be one. I just don't think that it wouldn't be locked. Yeah. So they have a karate out on the wing. Chuck does pretty good. That's how they do it. Doesn't last long. Chuck kicks him off of the wing and he lands flat on his back. He yells, you may win this round, Norris, but you'll live to regret it. And shakes his fist. Not in a normal way like you'd expect. Like, out. And he shakes it. And then they fly away from Voodoo Island that erupts because they blew it up. Covering Dr. Facilier and the zombies with lava. They Pompeii their asses. Probably. We cut to a naval destroyer, where I guess they're flying to. They pick up on radar that it's uh, Claw's shit. Shit? Nope. Jet is the word I was looking for. I guess it is Claw's shit. He stole it from Claw. So they dispatch three fighter jets to go shoot him down, which makes sense. You should do that. But oh no, our heroes are on that plane. What are they going to do? Jake, what do they do? Uh, Chuck says, do exactly as I say. And he skywrites CN in the air. Yeah, which 100% without a doubt would not show up on radar like they see it. <laughs> also, I think to skywrite you have to have a particular uh, chemical, right? Yeah. You, you it's would not def- just the exhaust from the plane. Right. It's, it's very specific in how it works, and I don't think you could maneuver a jet like that in such a minute way. But I guess I saw it, so it must have happened. Anytime I'm in trouble ever, I'm just going to write the initial CN on things <laughs> and see if Chuck Norris's initials get me out of stuff. Cartoon Network? What? I was summarily executed. Yeah. <laughs> it dissipates almost immediately, but instead of getting shot down, the jets are like, I guess we'll escort you to wherever we're going. Mission accomplished. Yeah, and that's how it ends. With our heroes not being murdered right. by their own team. So we get flesh and blood, Chuck. He's like, remember, everyone makes mistakes. Nothing that happened in this episode was the result of a mistake. Yeah, it was all very uh, deliberate. They had this, and they only had the one episode left, so like, yeah, make sure you own up to your mistakes. Love and love your like, parents. He's like, you do, I do, your parents do. He mentions uh, he mentions a lot how parents are... Fallible? Fallible, yeah. And then he does uh, like a prayer hands at us, pleading with us to be nice to our this parents. Guy, I think that's correct. <laughs> that's how it ends. Yeah. So, Jake! Yes. 
This was the fifth and final episode of this show. Son of a bitch. What'd you think overall? It was uh, it was silly. It, it was fun. Sure was I'm, silly. I'm glad we did it. Me too. It was bad, but not like uh, it didn't hurt my feelings. And I have, <laughs> I have a new favorite thing, and that's Super Ninja. That's pretty fair. I, I told I mean, we went over it last time, but this is the first one to get me to buy a toy. That's true. And I did it. So where would you say that would set it in the rankings that I'm oh, struggling shit. to pull up right now? It's the third one. The third one is currently Animorphs. Wait, is this better? What's under Animorphs? Under Animorphs is Power Rangers Ninja Steel Episode 22, Past, Presents, and Future. What's under that? Mighty Ducks, the animated series. I think this is... There's only five of them, so it makes it, <laughs> it, makes it uh, like easier than Mighty Ducks. It's pretty bite-sized. Yeah. What's under Mighty Ducks? Mighty Ducks. Reboot the Guardian Code. Again, it... If if I had to sit through twenty five of these, but I, <laughs> but I feel like I do now, you know. I will say this: the rest of these shows, like we were able to, uh, we would have been able to guess what was going to happen with this show. That's anything, true. anything could happen, and did. Remember when the space episode involved crocodiles <laughs> yeah. on parachutes? You're right. It does. It definitely goes above Mighty Ducks. Though. Yeah. Is so it better than that uh, Christmas episode of Power Rangers. I'm going to say no, because okay. I, I enjoyed that one because of how dumb it was out of context. It works for me. Cool. So it is in between Power Rangers Ninja Steel Episode 22, Past, Presence, and Future, and Mighty Ducks, the animated series. Are you typing Chuck Norris and the Friday Commandments? I haven't typed anything yet, because wrong. I hit the wrong buttons. Well, type it right, is what I'm warning you. Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos, and save. Update that later. So, Jake, what was the most turtle part? What was the most turtle-rific part? I think it was that jive-walking zombie. <laughs> the Jerry time. Lewis one? Yeah, yeah. He has a bit of a slouch to his walk. Yeah. I do appreciate their Pink Panther stride. That was yeah. pretty good. And the man in a suit. <laughs> I got I got dead wearing a suit. Everyone else is wearing tattered pants, and I have a suit on. Got dead. Yep. I'm going to give it to uh, how Claw had to start his jetpack escape because he <laughs> had to basically turn himself into a, a uppercase L and run in an awkward fashion yep. to launch. It was pretty funny. It's a very awkward way to get those going. Yeah. It worked, I guess. When they, they jumped out of a plane the first <laughs> yeah. time around, which was probably way easier to do. Yep. And I think there's a guy who built basically a jetpack that looks exactly like that. Um, and a he jumps out of a helicopter because he can't take off from the ground. Yeah, that makes sense. Who's the most likable or effective character? So you know the answer. It's always... Tommy. Oh, okay. It's always and for every show from here on out will be Super Ninja <laughs> screaming, Norris! Norris! He hates Chuck Norris so much and I wish I knew why. I'm going to write some fanfic. Good. About their past. <laughs> Tumultuous about the, past. About the kiss they shared that shouldn't be. I think the movie Snake Eyes is built on uh, their background. Is there a kiss that shouldn't be in that? Maybe. I haven't seen it yet. I am going to give the most likable or effective character to Dr. Facilier, who didn't even get a name, so he gets to be the most likable or effective character. He had a nice little blazer phone necklace combo. He did. And he also didn't fail. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. His zombies collected the satellite, which is, I guess, what his job was. And not a single one of his zombies was defeated. Until they were covered in lava. Well, yeah. And he also made a functioning voodoo doll, or at least had a zombie do it. 
So I'm going to give it to him. Would you for Pop Culture Palette Cleanse? Well, Sky, that's a great question. That's why I ask it every week. Uh, to catch you off guard. Did you... Demand you answer it. Did you watch the second episode of What If yet? I haven't watched the first episode of What oh, If. I feel the second episode of What If is much better. Yeah. The first, the first episode's fine, but the second one is actually really good. The first one's Peggy Carter, but Captain America? Yeah, except the other way around. It's the movie Captain America, but Peggy Carter. Yes. Like... I don't know how I said it. Well, you said it. You said the concept. Oh, okay. Uh, but the actual episode is, what if Captain America was half an hour long and <laughs> Peggy Carter was Captain America? Okay. The second one is, what if Chadwick Boseman was... Star Lord. There's a split second where you're like, are they just going to do Guardians of the Galaxy but with T'Challa? And then it takes a hard left and you're <laughs> like, oh, they're not and this is very good. Okay. It, uh, it's good. Watch it, everyone. Or just, I mean, mostly just Sky. I don't care what the rest of you do. <laughs> I'll get around to it. I just forgot that it was a thing. Yeah, I did. I forgot the first one and uh, now my schedule is different and uh, much more conducive to things coming out on streaming services right because i don't go uh, to work till later in the in the day so i have all morning to watch the things that come out <laughs> during mandalorian season that's very nice also i've been catching up on comics so i think i'm all caught up on power rangers oh good um the last two comics uh both mighty Morphin and power rangers were not about the rangers themselves yeah um which it's about the origin of lord zed yeah and uh is that what's happening there yeah i was pretty sure that's what was going on they're, like, just far enough apart that I kind of forget what's happening. <laughs> yeah. But those are uh, both very good, and, like, they're good enough to the point where they don't have to be about the Power Rangers that I know. Yeah. be like, this is interesting. Did you read the one that came out this Wednesday? Yeah, about the cat? Yeah. Yeah. How we're probably going to get a kitty cat ranger? Yep. I was pretty, pretty sure. Pretty excited. I was like, is this what, is that, is that what's going And then I was like, is there a picture of the, like, next cover with this cat as a ranger? But there wasn't. Yeah. That'd be foolish to give it away, even though they totally, um, there's yeah. no other way it could go. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's fun. And I got all caught up on uh, the Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, and that's fine so far. It's not bad as far as Star Wars comics go. Uh, and also all the Star Wars High Republic stuff. Nice. Uh, Comic-wise. In, in between books. And I'm like, I'm not going to start a book until I get caught up on comics. <laughs> so I think next I'm going to get caught up on Thor's. And then I think I might... I don't know. There's a couple other things on comics I might read. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Are you reading Radiant Black? No, I don't know what that is. Okay. No Kyle Higgins? No. Wait, yes. He wrote a Power Rangers, Power Rangers. at one point. Yeah. He writes and he owns Radiant Black. It's um, it's not not Power Rangers, <laughs> but he owns it. The uh, ninth issue just came out, and the tenth issue is going to be pretty rad. I think I told you about this, but I wouldn't blame you for forgetting because it's not a thing you're reading. Uh, it's going to be printed in black light ink. I don't recall you ever saying that, but... Yeah, it's going to be rad. So you have to get a black light? Yep. You will, too, won't you? I will. Or I think I have something in the house that's close enough. I was going to say, I have a black light on my stage at school if you want me to bring it home, <laughs> you can borrow it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I have a black light, but I do. When uh, I did, he was at a book signing at our comic shop not too long ago, and I had him sign my first issue of Radiant Black. And uh, he was like, don't tell anyone. It hasn't been announced yet, but the 10th issue is going to be in a black and black lighting. So that's red as hell. Oh, uh, when I, so he came another time to the comic shop and yep. you couldn't go. Right. And I tried to get him to sign something for you that was me. Yes. And he wrote, 
uh, in the hopes that you get better friends. Yeah, he, he told you get better friends. Yes. I asked him if he remembered that. He said no. But he's, he was also glad that he gave me sound advice. <laughs> and, and he noticed you were there alone. So <laughs> he was like, see, you took my advice. Uh, were you done with your stuff? I think so. Okay, cool. Um, I There's a new thing that Dimension 20 dropped uh, entitled The Seven, which is kind of a spinoff from Fantasy High. It's pretty rad. It's got uh, a bunch of my favorite uh, college humor people in it, like Rika Shankar and Erika Ishii and Brendan Lee Mulligan is DMing, which is great. And it's about some characters that were mentioned in the Fantasy High arc, but we get a uh, much more full backstory for them now, which is pretty exciting. And I'm very excited to uh, to experience it. It was only the first episode that came out. Um, it's a pretty diverse cast, and it's going to be really fun. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and I feel like I did other things, but I can't remember what they are. Sounds like you. Yeah, I don't do a lot. But that'll probably do it for this week. Thank you guys very much for listening. I hope this one sounded better. I hope it noise cancels better. But I guess I'll see you later. Because it was a pain in the ass to put these things on the fucking microphones. We'll throw them in the trash. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to return it for money. I'll throw it in the trash. I can't can't tell if you're being serious or not. You have that (laughs) tone about it. It's just how I sound. I know. It's a curse. Follow the show. Fail pop culture with no E at the end. Uh, you can email the show at popculturefailure at gmail.com. You can rate and review on whatever thing. As I understand it, uh, Apple Podcast is kind of a mess right now on the app. I don't know. I don't use it. It's not great. That's what I heard. Um, yeah, I think you can still rate and review there, though. Yeah, probably. Uh, but you can rate and review wherever. It's fine. Uh, you can follow me. I'm at Sandwich Surplus. You can rate and review wherever. Go to your Local Cracker Barrels Facebook page and review us. Tell your friends. Write it down wherever. Uh, I'll I'll feel it in my heart. (laughs) Just that little stabbing. I'm at Midwest Love Affair on on Twitter. So you can find me. That's right. Uh, And on Instagram. If you're into that. If you're nasty. Yes. My Instagram sandwich surplus? I feel like it is. I think so. It's been a long time since the setup, up and I don't really pay attention to it anymore. But whatever. Uh, yeah, so that'll probably do it. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, defund the police. Black Lives Matter. And stay frosty, everyone. Chuck Norris with his team, Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. Wow. Too much. Too much. Kimo, the Samurai Warrior. Reed, Chuck's Teenage Apprentice. Tabe, a sumo champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the ruthless Super Ninja. <laughs> Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos.